Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. I constantly think about doing the episode, obviously, during the week because the league is a, is, is a living thing. Yeah. And it does something every day. But before this show, I wanted to get you to a place where you would think about putting someone in a sleeper hold. I figured you were going this Not way. to exactly do that or to act that out, but because I think that when, especially during football season, yeah. when the entire sports world is focused on the NFL, on college football, especially yeah. us here locally, Central Ohio, the state of Ohio, the entire Midwest is Big Ten football, Ohio State football. What happened for the Buckeyes in the playoff rankings? What's going to happen between Ohio State and Michigan? Michigan's going to go to court this week yeah. and try to argue their case for why they should have their dopey head coach on the sideline <laughs> because he didn't know all of this was going on. Elaborate sign-stealing scandal he, he just, going back to 2021. Had all no he idea. did. All he did was hire him and have him on the sideline next to him during games, but he didn't know anything. Making direct contact with his with his assistants. Could you imagine if somebody did that in another program and it didn't have the coach's blessing? Oh, my goodness. Like, that it's, person it's, might be murdered on live television. Yeah, it's so funny how dumb they think everyone else is but them with this whole story. It's the Michigan man. And the Michigan God. man's always, in my throughout my life, the Michigan man's always kind of lived in their own reality. Yeah, no, like, that's so it's, accurate. It's never been the the same reality that we're all in. Yeah. It's just always been different. They're the leaders and best. Yeah, the, the level of delusion going on right now, it's pretty wild to see. But, yeah, as you were highlighting kind of off the top, last night in the association, it Good was Lord. a lot of smoke in the air last night, man. You had so, the, go ahead, big dog. Well, I was going to say, for those who missed it, uh, it was the second game in a row that the Warriors lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. who are quietly one of the better teams in the league. Talk about them. Talk about them, because there's a lot of chatter about – Oh, is this going to be the year they finally have to get rid of Carl Anthony Towns? Like, is it just not a fit? You want a better fit next to Anthony Edwards? That looks to be okay. But I think what's really jumping off the screen is just how elite their defense has been. How elite their defense has been. We know Anthony Edwards is special. He's an absolute monster. But them as a unit right now, defensively, they're an absolute problem. And they got under the skin last night of the Golden State Warriors. And then you had McDaniels and Clay Thompson trying to yank each other's jerseys off. But the highlight of all of that was Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Because Draymond Green, respect the heck of him at it. Well, you know what? Let me not say that because I was going to say I respect the heck out of him as a teammate. But looking back at last year with what he did, I don't know if I can go all in with that. However, this specific example, E, I respect the heck out of him because he saw red. And that red came in the form of Rudy Gobert. And it was a green light. When he saw a little scuffle and he had his eyes on one man and one man only and he put him in the choke, uh, choked him up. And I was here for it, man. I was absolutely here for it. I love when this happens in the NBA every now and then. I love it. And I, I do think there is these kinds of moments because I, I think that the league is yet to rule exactly what a suspension should suspension should be for him. He will get suspended. He's going to get a suspension. He's no going to get a fine because he basically dragged um, Rudy Gobert to the other end of the basketball court in a really vicious chokehold. Let me ask you something. Should track record matter in this yes, too? It should absolutely. matter. Okay, it should so always that should matter. Be, that should be baked it into It mattered in 2016. It did. It should matter now That's when it real. comes to Draymond Green. And this is, what, three minutes into the ball game? <laughs> and I do understand from Draymond's point where you see a teammate 
you know, kind of you, you see a teammate getting after it with uh, with an opponent, yeah. and that opponent's probably been chirping at you for a long time now, because everybody chirps at Draymond because he's built that sort of a reputation. Correct. But I also understand from a point where I I guess I don't. It's not to say I don't understand it from a point. I feel like Draymond wanted to get ejected. Well, that's what Rudy kind of hinted at after right? the game. He said, hey, when his boy Steph ain't playing because Steph's dealing with an injury now, we I haven't seen a, a time frame for how long he'll be out, be out. But Rudy Gobert came out and said, when Steph ain't playing, Draymond doesn't like to be out there. So he kind of called him out for just a cop-out, some cop-out actions from Draymond Green. There. Would you be surprised if that was true, though? Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be shocked. No, I would not be shocked at all there. But you're talking about two guys in Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green who are not antagonists. Yes, they're antagonists. Not really liked. That's the key right there. No, I mean, nobody likes Rudy Gobert nobody. from back before, before, officially before the pandemic. Correct. Um, nobody likes Draymond from uh, just being Draymond. Michigan State just days, being Draymond. I, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Just being Draymond. The thing with the the Jordan Poole incident is you kind of see how Poole's, how things are going with the Wizards, <laughs> and it does feel like there's a lot more sympathy towards what, I mean, he, he sucker punched the guy, but there feels like everybody was on Draymond's side with that, <laughs> and I do think that's what you have in a lot of these instances yeah. with Draymond is he does stuff that other people want to talk about doing. But then he actually goes and does, not to say these these instances are you know his transgressions are are justified, but there's support probably in his locker room for what he does. Oh no question, because it's one of those moments to where the enforcer enforced, and when you have that guy protecting, no matter who it was, whether it was Clay or whether it was Gary Payton the second, no matter who it was, when you have that guy backing you or at least showing the locker room that, hey, I got everybody's back. That's going to go a long way. It's going to go a long way. Draymond, to me, is the classic definition of, I think, if you're a teammate, you love rocking with him, but if you're an opposing team, you can't stand him unless you're LeBron because those guys are obsessed with each other. But other than that, I think that went over well in the locker room yesterday. But for both Clay and Draymond to show everybody how we get down and nobody's messing with us. Nobody's messing with us. And that comes from, you know, I'm sure talk that they've heard about the Warriors being washed, about it yeah. being time to take the, you know, couple old yellers out back, <laughs> you know, time to take the honies or take the ponies to the, the great pasture in the sky because this Golden State Warriors run is over. Yeah. I, I, I and they're w- probably sitting there thinking, no, it's not. No. It's not done till we say it is. Yeah. And I agree with that. I would agree with him if they would come Same. out and say that because I don't think they ever have to really worry about having a great regular season. No. I think they view it as, let's just get into the damn dance. Yep. We get into the damn dance. We get on that dance floor. The judges may pick us as the best dancers out here. And I think they still have that ability. And especially the key is to me in all of this, and I, I know this is going to be crazy to say, the key in all of this is outside of Steph Curry is Andrew Wiggins. When Andrew Wiggins is a dude, they look like a scary team. When he looks inept or just average during a game or through a stretch of games, whatever it's going to be, then they look vulnerable. But he he is the key there. But the big three, along with Wiggins, you can even add Looney to that now with his experience in championship DNA. Yeah, I'm not doubting him, man. I'm not doubting him. Because we at least think 
they can run. They're what six, six and six right now. Mm-hmm. So they're they're floating above five hundred, or they're floating at five hundred. They back and forth. They've lost four in a row, including uh, two uh, four of their last five. They've lost. Excuse me. Two of those games have been to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But for the Warriors, you don't think much of it on November 15th. No. And here's what else is jumping out to me. I remember you and I doing the pod last year. We talked about their horrible road record. Remember yeah, they're they terrible. Just, they were the worst road team in the league. Couldn't win a game on the road. It felt like they're off to a good start, man. They're actually 5-2 and two on the road, and they're 1-4 and four at the crib. 1-4 and four at the crib. So the teams are going into that building right now and feeling pretty good about themselves. Well, and at, including the aforementioned Cleveland Cavaliers, who do have one of three uh, away wins yeah, man. in San Francisco. Cavs 1-3 at home. They're 4-6 and six on the season. With the Golden State Warriors on November 15th, we're a month into the season, I can't say that I have too much concern for. But with the Cavaliers, I don't know where to go with this team. I don't even know really necessarily, Maddie, where to start with this because it yeah. feels, and I know this because I've, I've watched games, it's every other night it's something I'm different. I'm annoyed. I am too. I'm annoyed because we're doing the, as you, you just touched on it, the win-loss, win-loss thing, the last seven games. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we going on? I'm not trying to make it seem like winning is the easiest thing to do in the association because it's not. And look, to their, they're not getting blown out. They're not getting blown out. And I got respect for the teams they played. OKC, Golden State, Sacramento recently, the Knicks. I mean, the Pacers are they arguably the best offensive team in the league. So it's not like they've been playing slouches and playing. You know, I was going to say Houston. Houston's actually playing Houston's pretty, decent, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty decent this year. But I'm just annoyed right now that we can't catch a rhythm. That's what no. I'm annoyed by. And then you look at this last game against Sacramento. I mean, the offense was fine, right? Offense was fine. 45% from three, 50% from the field. The defense just got their teeth kicked in. You gave up a buck 32 to Sacramento and they're a great offensive team. We saw it last year and even throughout the postseason. but that was the most points that they've given up this year. So, you know, mm-hmm. JB was salty about that one. So it's just, man, I want to see a week where we can win four or five, you know, or three or four and start to just infuse some confidence into the locker room. That's what I'm looking for at this point. Because with this team and uh, their offensive efficiency has been pretty good, I'd say up to this point, because like we've talked, they haven't been getting blown out in too many games, but 19th and 20th, 19th overall in defensive efficiency, 20th overall in the league in offensive efficiency. So it hasn't been great but they haven't been consistently out there together to really say if it's a problem or yeah, not. Yeah, I, I, I don't really – there's not too many eye-opening problems for me. Like, I, I'm not there. I also think, real quick, one positive has been – I think we got to throw some flowers at Karis LeVert yeah. with the way that he's playing right at the moment. I mean, you're talking 19 a game, four rebounds, almost four assists – as well, we twenty-one ha- last time out against the big, Kings. Big, right? I mean, having that type of weaponry at your disposal as a head coach to bring off your bench or in certain spots put him off the bench, I think it is tremendous to see. So, Karis, there we know offensively he's gifted. He absolutely has been gifted. It's just about doing it consistently, and it seems right now the dude's comfortable. I do need to get more from Evan Mobley. That's fair. I think that's been it's something fair. that's been a consistent issue. Yeah. It's his, fair. His offensive inefficiency. Because you had people like me crowning him yeah. a, a year ago. I was one of those people that believed in, you know, Kevin Garnett light and Tim Duncan light. I was in that crowd, and he's got to go. Like, he, he has to go. And I just think the the season will be capped to a certain degree, right, if he doesn't reach that potential that I still believe he has. It's just you need to fast track it a little bit more. 
the thing with it is you have J.B. Bickerstaff come out and say he's got to take more shots. He's just got to have the ball in his hands more, and I don't see it from game to game. I see the same kind of volume from Donovan Mitchell. I see the same kind of volume from Darius Garland, although I like what I've seen in recent games from Garland in terms of a a Mm -hmm. basket-attacking, aggressive scorer. But if you're trying to, if you're outwardly telling us that Mobley's got to get more shots, then the shots, the, the shots and the opportunities have to come from other players. Yes. And I'm not seeing anybody's volume increase or decrease. I'm seeing it just be the same. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's what you got into last season, where it was just in moments, Donovan Mitchell, please save us. And what's it? I'm looking at 7 of 21 last time out against the Kings, 4 of 9 from the three-point line. So the, the perimeter shooting, okay, I can live with. But again, if, if you're telling me so-and-so needs to be taking more, then what's Donovan Mitchell doing with all that volume? Well, he's the star. He's it. He's it. And, you know, to build off of what you brought up, he, just looking back at last year, Evan was averaging about 12 shots a game. I mean, we're at 13 this year. Yeah. You're at 13 this year. And that, that's a hard thing to do. I'm sure that's a tough kind of needle to thread or, you know, whatever that saying is, whatever I was trying to say. No, you're right. That's... I, it, Tough needle to thread is when you have the dominance are very difficult. To, they're, they're very, yeah. I'm not good with uh, no. any of that stuff. I'm not good with any of that stuff. Even no, you hit that when you have a guy that has a high usage rate in Donovan Mitchell, this is what you signed up for. I'm sorry. And if part of it has stunted the offensive growth of Evan Mobley, which I think maybe it has to a certain degree. Well, you can't have it both ways. In my opinion, I don't no. think you can have it both ways because you have two offensively, gifted guards and Darius and Donovan that yeah do we want Evan to grow of course, of course. we do but if it's going to come at the cost of taking away from two all-star caliber guards and I don't know if that's the greatest idea either I don't want it to be yeah I, I look at this Cavaliers team and I, I see Mitchell and Garland have to be the catalysts mm-hmm. and then you have to play off of everybody else and it it doesn't feel like Mobley can be even the second option there I understand if someone, if, if there are fans out there that would like him to be, but I just don't think that's the case. No, I, and I agree. And this is also the reason why you brought in Max Struess and Niang and, and those type of guys. You don't make guys. those moves if you've got another guy that can contribute on the same level as Garland and Mitchell, which is, I understand, based off of how yeah. hot he came into the league, the expectations for Mobley to a yeah. certain extent. Here's where I'm at with Evan. I'm just, I'm moving forward. If this is who he's going to be, I'm fine with it offensively as long as the great defense still remains. That stays intact, then we're good. You know what I'm saying? You want that. Yes, that's what you want because what they have at the end of the day is a guy that's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, I believe, year in and year out. There are so many teams that would love to have that type of weapon, so I'm shining a light back on the Donovans and Karras and Struess and Darius Garland. Those guys right now are more ready to handle more of an offensive load. So I think I just need to lower my expectation level offensively for Evan just a little bit because I just don't know if that pops coming just yet. I think that's fair. And I, I think, again, this this could likely change in a month. Mm-hmm. This could likely change by the time we're talking all-star break. Evan Mobley takes his what shots per game to 15 or 16, and he's taking his average points per game. I mean, he's, he's averaging 16 in a, a game. Averaging 16 but a game. That's that's good. And, and, and look, I'm fine with that. What if we, what if, hey, your number three option on a team, or let's say 3B, whatever, yeah, if you want to make Struis, Karras, yeah, or or Struis Struis or Karras, yeah. I'm good with whoever you want to insert <laughs> in there. If your 
3B, 4A, whatever, gives you 16 points a game, E, but and you're also almost getting two blocks a game. You know what I'm saying? And he's bringing 10 rebounds a game. So he's checking other important boxes. When they're, let's say we get the next year and Donovan's gone, then we put more pressure back on Evan to level up offensively. But for now, with the way the squad's constructed, I think he's he's okay doing that. You think Donovan's gone? Dude, it just feels like there's so much momentum behind all of this. I, I just... <sighs> was it Joe Ingles? It's hard for me to ignore it. Was it's he on a... Nor- he was on an Orlando... He was like talking to an Orlando radio station. I know because he plays for the Magic. He was like, I think that Donovan wants to play in New York. It's like, really? It's like, well, sure, of it's course. the worst kept secret at this he, point. Of course he does, but he has he signed with Cleveland. There it is. So... Yeah. And, and traded to Cleveland, but he doesn't. That doesn't go through unless he's like, "Yeah, I want to go there." Yeah. And to your point about the Knicks as well, like a lot of the smoke or the heavy smoke was prior to Jalen Brunson arriving in New York. They seems like they have their future guard already just, intact. So I I'd also wonder if he goes to New York, like, is the situation that much different than the one he's in in Cleveland? Fair. It's like, a fair. Does question. he look over the other side of the fence and realize the grass is brown in both areas? <laughs> right. You've and, uh, got a, a similar uphill climb to reach a Boston or a Philadelphia yes. or a Milwaukee status. Yeah. I guess I have to throw in Miami because they're the reigning defending Eastern Conference champions. And another thing, too, a sidebar, you know, just with what you said, is it always the easiest thing to do to go home? Like, is it always the easiest or more, most comfortable thing? To do. Like, it's the dream, but the dream can turn into a nightmare if in year one, you know, you're shooting 39%. Correct. And that, and especially in that market. Spike Lee yelling at you. Right. In that fan base. You've seen all the bing bong videos, the sidewalk in New York, whatever it is that they throw. Like, you see how the fan, they don't care. So you'd go through the honeymoon phase. Everybody would be happy. But if, if he brought that playoff performance that he brought, to New York last year in a Knicks uniform, oh, no, they, they, they wouldn't care that you're Donovan Mitchell and you're from the area. You're going to get that smoke. So I don't know. It's always out there, man. It's just hard to ignore. It's a conversation we'll have throughout the year, I'm sure. But for right now, he's delivering the goods to the Cleveland Cavaliers at almost 30 at night. That yeah, works. I mean, look, it's so tough for, uh, for me to sit here because every argument I have, every – minor complaint I have for whoever on this Cavaliers team, however this Cavaliers team's played, even with J.B. Bickerstaff, I buttress it up against the point that it's November this. It's yeah. October this. <laughs> right. There's still so much time left in the season, and that's why, you know, bringing back our initial conversation of Draymond Green uh, putting Rudy Gobert in the sleeper hold, it's like the NBA, I feel like while they will punish Draymond, they're sitting there and going, yes, they're talking about they're us. They're talking about it. And they're talking about us in the middle of football season. Right. In the middle. They need whatever they can get season. to get eyeballs on their product. Correct. So you had uh, more eyeballs on the product when you woke up this morning. And those eyeballs that, you know, you may have not had also saw. Oh, wait a minute. What what court were they playing on last night? Why were they wearing those, those jerseys? Oh, this is the in-season tournament. Maybe you got some more people to get intrigued about what's going on Ugh. with that you're, you're still not in huh we, it's still not doing nothing for you no i don't i think what the Cavs are have they played a second game on it or are they just still oh and one so they have not played the last yeah it was the last game against indiana they haven't played on a tuesday or friday since i don't we've gone sunday wednesday saturday monday and they play again tonight they do play on friday 
at home against Detroit. So I'm going to okay, assume so that the, that will be the next in-season tournament game for our Cavs. I don't understand it. And it's, I, it's, it's and it is my fault for not. It is. You're right. So yeah, seven thirty Friday. Ooh, the league pass. Get your league pass going, and or because if you have Bally, you can't watch it. I don't know. I haven't tried. Try the old Bally Sports it's app. Been working for me. It's been working for you. Well, okay. you know, I got cable. Big That's dog, true. So, so I'm, you're, I'm good with that. You're I'm good, good there, that. and I've got other avenues. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see. So they've got the yeah the Pistons. Uh, I, it's just, I get it. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. I, I keep going back to, I get why they're trying to do this. I get it's the first year. I get yeah. you have to establish something before it can really take hold. And mm-hmm. so this year you're going to have a lot of confusion. I did find this interesting from The Athletic. You've got to remind me before we dip out of here. i got to eat some crow about Anthony Davis. But The Athletic talk to their design crew okay. or like their designers that they hire for the website about some of these courts that you've seen. Okay. And uh, some of the comments on them are <laughs> real. I mean, uh, boisterous. Someone called it aggravating <laughs> the uh, first fun at first glance, but also a bit distracting. The full bleed color treatment has drummed up a lot of hype, which I attribute to the unexpected nature it brings to every area. Some are extremely vibrant, while others are more subdued. The gray courts in particular feel less distinguishable from a team perspective. Uh, First impressions are positive. I support big swings and taking risks in design way over the top. Full color is really distracting. Looking at you, Indiana. Mm. They are busy, and they they do not translate particularly well on television. They grab your attention, just not in a great way. Like As I'm reading that, I'm chuckling because... You know, as we looked last week to the designs and the renderings that the NBA showed, yeah. it's a very different thing to when you're looking at the picture of it and then you're seeing it on the court yes. with moving parts, with yeah. the camera, with the lights, with the gloss. It does not present as a, an enjoyable watch. It's a tough watch for sure. And here's what we don't know about those comments that you just read. How old are those people that are giving those comments? Because if does I'm not have that, you're right. If I'm Adam Silver E, do I well, of course you care about every consumer, but are you trying to hone in a little bit more on the, let's say, 25 to 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 10-year-olds? That that window, is it for them? I would love to hear for those people, the 10-year-olds up to people in their mid-20s, how they feel about this because that's what's going to keep it alive Yeah, is if they feel like the, the youth, the young people are on board with this thing, because I think like we talked about last week, that's who's going to buy those jerseys. That's who I think would find the court designs cool for a lot of those people that are used to just the old school way of going about it. You're not going to rock with this. And I understand that, but I think Adam Silver and company are trying to hone in on the next generation to, to push this thing through. There's that there's the NFT thing. And we talked about this in the last podcast, just their desire to get young fans interested in the product. Yeah. That's why it probably stings so much that Ja Morant can't be a part of this NBA season. I think Memphis, what they're two and nine. He's not going to. I mean, he's almost a forgotten product in the NBA. He tweeted out, I think, a little rosy cheek emoji last night after the Draymond fight. I think he appreciated it. Which I'm sitting there too. I'm like, really, Ja? Like even that? Stay at this point. Stay off of social media, bro. Anything related to anything controversial or negative at the moment? I don't think Ja Morant should be associating with but whatever you know that that would just be my advice no i I, he's not listening to anybody else's so it's totally it's a shame is is really what it what it all is yeah it is 
I can't help but wonder, you know, if if Morant was in the if Morant was playing this mm-hmm. season, how much of a difference would it make? As far as the play in tournament? Well, no, as just, far as the product in general, early season. He's a rock star. Yeah, he is. He's an absolute rock star. He he is he Lamello. The, these are Anthony Edwards. This is gonna be the next wave of superstars to, to push the game forward. So without him, oh yeah, they're they're taking a, a bit of a hit right now. He brings eyeballs to the game. The Clippers were the last win for the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Clippers are one of two wins for the Memphis Grizzlies. Clippers 0-5 since acquiring James Harden in that deal with the 76ers. And I watch their games with so much schadenfreude because it is a mess. (laughs) It is is. the mess that keeps giving such entertaining instances, like little bites of... Like just you're, you're eating like the little uh, single serving Reese's Ooh, and okay. you don't feel like it's too much. It's perfect. Yeah. And so you just want as much as you can. Just keep going. Because there was last week that locally I had played was when he threw a pass that ended up in the lap of Ian Eagle. I saw that. Who was calling games for Brooklyn. I did see that. And then you had the other night he was doing that thing where he's he, he's handling the ball in certain situations and he's dribbling. And as he's at the top of the key, he touches both of his heels and then he just chunked up an air ball. And now I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm reading different things from The Athletic. They're saying that, you know, when Lou's telling him to go into the ball game for Russell Westbrook, he's just slapping Russ in the chest saying, hey, I'm in. And Westbrook's looking like nobody told me this. Yeah. It's, it's. Now, to their credit. Who could they... have seen that coming? <laughs> to their credit, E. I thought they looked okay last night against Denver. I thought they did. I think they'll get it together a However, little bit. However, your point is the biggest point, and it's still L. And they have not won a game since James Harden has come back. You and I discussed last week as well, like, what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook? Is is, is he going to stay in the starting lineup? Is he going to become more of that, that six-man type of dude for him? And it does seem like T. Lou's still rocking with him in the starting lineup, and I don't yep. understand that because Russ was a mess in the Laker uniform last year, but he's been pretty good in the Clipper uniform. He has, and I think now he's become – uncomfortable so they do have to figure that out there's too much talent for them to be this bad the rest of the way but as far as it being a fit and to your point about you know hitting them in the chest maybe the chemistry isn't great either so a a good showing for them last night man but it can get late early it can get late early and they haven't won a single game on the road yet all right so I'll do this now Um, Anthony Davis is on track and again have to juxtapose this with the it's November 15th but I'm pretty sure AD's on track to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's a menace, isn't he? On that end, just a menace. And there was a uh, uh, transit. It was it was obviously defense in transition the other night against the Grizzlies. I think he had two blocks in the same yeah. Memphis possession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's averaging more than three a game. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And we saw this in the postseason. I mean, outside of Jokic doing Jokic things to him, which Jokic does to everybody. Everybody, nobody's. They, I mean, again, the Nuggets are still the best team in the league. Anthony Davis was a monster defensively, and he's carrying that over into this season, and it's always just been helpful with him, man, but he can just cover so much and just rim protection, and you know how the game works, man. If you have a guy like this behind you, you can be more aggressive up front, and he's just always going to be in the mind of offensive players when they get past that key defender of where the heck 
is Anthony Davis. And just the rebounds are off the chart, too, right now. He's top five in the league in that. He's grabbing almost four offensive rebounds a game. So he's doing those grimy things and still giving you almost 25 points a night. But, yeah, he's off to a good start when it comes to, to Depoy. And it, it does feel like he's the next guy in line to grab one of those trophies. And so for the Lakers, no, I, it's probably not a, a conversation they're going to have of getting rid of Anthony Davis no. this season. It feels like he's the way he's playing now, if they can just keep if they can keep his blocks around two and a half a game, oh, okay. and if he stays, like you said, top five in rebounds, I mean, I think he's averaging, what, 23 a game. Yeah, right. They're going to be just fine with him because you got LeBron averaging 24 a game. Like, the Lakers right now are playing themselves, and even LeBron's just bucking rest, like rest, and, and the, the load management. I'm trying to find the right phrase, the load management thing. He's bucking that when he wants to because he runs the Lakers. Of course. But this is right now where you talk about you don't want to put too much into it. You don't want to take too much out of it. But they're just humming along. They are. They've won three games in a row. They build some momentum late. Yeah, 100%. Shit. And two, like they haven't been healthy. They they haven't been healthy to to give them that. They've you know the one of their big offenses uh, off season signings, Gabe Vincent. He hasn't been out there on the floor. Um, another guy in Jared Vanderbilt is a guy that was a key contributor for them. He hasn't been out there on the floor, so they just need to get that team together. But winning three in a row, that's great. Look, you beat Memphis, you beat Portland. Those aren't good teams. We understand that, but they just needed to find a way to get off the mat after losing three in a row prior to this stretch, and they get a fun one tonight. Fun one tonight at home because they get the Kings. I also have to say I'm sorry to the Indiana Pacers. I think it was the first episode, so we're at episode 18 of this, season two, episode three, where I said I don't think the Pacers are very good, and I lamented them beating the Cavaliers. Pacers are really good. They're fun. They're fun. To me, I don't view them as a deep playoff team this season. However, to your point, like, I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's so entertaining. They lead the league in points, second in the league in field goal percentage, and they got so many guys. They're scoring over 120 points a game. It's crazy, isn't it? And they have so many guys that can shoot it well. And whether it's, you know, Halliburton or Matherin, Bruce Brown, Buddy Hill, Miles Turner. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. I forgot he was at the Pacers. I'm so glad you brought him up. That's a great name to bring up, man. Talk about him a little bit because it's it's been a pleasant surprise, right? Yes, because I didn't remember he had gone to Indiana. I thought he was still playing for the Knicks. And he's he's averaging 11 a game. He shoots 60% from the field this year. 60% from the field this year. So, yeah, your defense, it's a handful dealing with this Indiana Pacers team, man. They're legit on and offense. It does, you know, obviously you don't know can this – you don't think this can be sustained. Yeah. You think that eventually they're going to kind of figure I, out this lineup of – They may just be – Players this- that – I think what happens when you get a team that's as cobbled together as the Pacers feel like yeah, yeah. is that when you get into January and February, teams have you figured out. That's fair. And so that- your your offensive, your points per game can take a nosedive, especially if you are defensively. I mean, they're scoring 130, but they're giving up 120. Yeah, right. That's the problem. That, that's the problem. They may be the... 2023 version of the 2022 Sacramento Kings. Yeah. You know, Sacramento Kings blew up last year and they were this cute team for people to find out about. Yeah. Like the beam. They're kind of built the same, right? Like a stud at point guard. You got a nice big man in miles Turner, kind of like they have Fox and Sabonis out there and some good pieces around them. Yeah. Offensively, they're juggernaut right now, man. You you got problems when you deal with them on offense. Also shout out to Mike Brown for getting his 400th win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
How about it? That was man. pretty fitting. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Mike Brown, I got a, look. I got a lot of respect for that dude. He grinded it out, man. Think about the years he spent in Golden State. Yep. Then he finally got another opportunity, and he's capitalizing on. And that city of Sacramento will always love him uh, for getting them out of that playoff drought last year. We should start doing a thing, and we'll make this thing a next week where we do give uh, early season, then it'll become mid season, then it'll become late season MVP picks. Right now, okay. But I think Tyrese Maxey might be my guy. <laughs> At this point, at this point in the season, Ooh. I know he's not going to win it. I thought you. I thought when that tie came out of your mouth that you were going to go with Tyrese Halliburton, and I was. I I see the vision I with that too. Still could see uh, that. But to your point, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, yeah. What, what did he drop a fifty piece the other day? It was fifty piece the other day, and that's such a big deal because I think you want to have Joel and B feel confident about. Okay, I got a running mate with me that's not only good, but he's a guy that may be turned into a great player. And it looks like Tyrese Maxey may be that guy. We still got a, a long way to go with him. But as far as him filling it up, that dude can put the ball in the hole. Yeah, what well, he's got, he's first in the league. At the, here's the, and you talk about Tyrese Halliburton, who leads the lead, who leads uh, the league in assists. He's mm-hmm. got 12 and a half a game. Tyrese Maxey's got seven a game. And it's like for both players, for what they're trying to do, for what Maxey's trying to do with Embiid, for what Halliburton's trying to do with his kind of, land of misfit players, like yes. these pieces fit. 100%. You know? and, and going back to Maxi, he, he's almost a 50-40-90 guy right now. He's at 49% <laughs> from the field. So essentially he is 50-40-90, 49% from the field, 42% from three, and 94% from the free throw line. Just an absolute bucket. He's just an absolute bucket. And this, I'm sure, has eased the mind of Daryl Morey you know, when you got rid of Harden, oh, it to makes say, it it makes you know? it all that much easier, to, right? To to uh, it makes the decision easier. It makes the fallout easier. I, although I'm not sure. Like as I was thinking about that, I don't know how much fallout there's been from the Harden thing. But yeah. uh, and again, I'm just thinking on the fly with this. But be, in the immediate, it's because the Sixers have stock up, yes. while the Clippers have been stocked down with yes. the addition. But as we kind of move through the season, if, as you said, the Clippers are able to sort of get it right and get on a little bit of roll and find themselves in playoff contention in January or find themselves pushing towards a playoff spot in January and the Sixers feel a little stagnant because there will be at times Mm -hmm. points where every team is going to get into an offensive lull. You have some people come out and be like, Hey, I thought they were going to struggle a little bit without Harden there. See, I, they weren't too bad early, but they struggled. I told you so Daryl Morey. But the immediate returns, looks like they won the deal, man. And I do think when we get to the end of the season, it's going to look the way that Philly benefited by jettisoning Harden. Yeah. And the Clippers, while they might have a couple of flashes in the pan, it's going to be one of those things to where they're very – they feel like a very – that team's – I don't know, borrowed time's the right phrase, but, like, they'll have flashes. Mm -hmm. They'll have people coming out of the woodwork and on social media and saying, oh, we were right about this Clippers squad. You just had to be patient with it. Then they fall flat on their face in comedic fashion in the playoffs. The only way the Clippers – you know, I don't know if there's Clippers lovers out there. The only way are there Clippers fans? That's what I was gonna ask. I don't really think there are. You grew uh, up in Los Angeles and you were an NBA fan. You're a Lakers. You fan. had Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, you're a Lakers fan, and if you're older than that, you're a Magic and James Worthy in that generation of basketball. Those are your guys. The only way they win is if they win the title. And I'm talking to people that think the Clippers are something because we've been doing this for four years now. Okay, 
Like, we've been doing this for four or five years. I don't want to hear any more of that with the Clippers. I'm not buying it until they win the chip. It's that are they, simple Are they me. getting a new arena in downtown Los Angeles? That's part of the reason why probably they wanted James Harden. Because Into they gotta, it Dome. they got to sell tickets. Ballmer knows he has to sell tickets, and they still haven't extended Kawhi. Into Kawhi-er. it Dome seats are now on sale. Clipper Nation claim what's coming. Who's part of Clipper Nation? I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's because you have your, your fan bases that are online. Like you have Cavs Twitter, you have Lakers Twitter, you have Grizzlies Twitter, but is there a Clipper Twitter? I don't think it's a Clippers Twitter. I've never seen that. Never even heard of it. Don't think it's real. Isn't it Intuit TurboTax? I think Steve Ballmer's paying people to be fans at this point. It feels like it. And I get it from Steve Ballmer's point of view. The best business to be in is the sports business. Because you can invest a billion dollars, and when you come out of it, it's a couple billion. Like, I, I get the, the return on the investment's wonderful, but miss me on there being Clipper Nation. Yeah, it's, it's, and the only reason why anybody would pop up as a Clipper fan, it would be a random bandwagon person that just needs to root just for got, a good NBA yeah. team. That's all. They just got sick of, I don't know. It, I mean, I'm what sure. What do you get sick of the Lakers for? You get sick of a bunch of winning? <laughs> Like what? There's got to be some Russell Westbrook sickos out there that just by default have become Clipper fans. But you're talking the authentic from day one. Who's like an OG Clippers fan? Clipper Daryl. Who's that? that? Exactly. He's the only Clipper fan I know. He feels like a caller to a radio show. Clipper Daryl is a guy that you probably remember the uh, the video from last year where he got punched. At the Staples Center. What happened? By, I believe, a Laker fan was the story. Don't hold me to that, but I ah. vividly remember Clipper Daryl getting knocked out by somebody last year. I mean, okay. Clipper no. Daryl. That's the only guy Clipper I know. Clipper Daryl. That's the only guy I know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like. Clipper Daryl. There he is. You can Google him. There he is right I'm trying here. trying to Google him. I'm not getting, I'm getting Daryl Morey. Clipper Daryl. There he is. Clipper Daryl. He's Hold the on. only he's the only guy I know of that is a major. It feels like performance art. Yeah, here it is right here. Clippers super fan KO'd an altercation at Clippers game. It was against the Boston Celtics. See, this was last year. Oh. Yeah, last December. I'm trying to think. Clippers have been around since 1970. They were the Buffalo Braves and the San Diego Clippers, and they've been the Los Angeles Clippers since 1984. Not I mean, if you're growing up in the 80s and here's this team that's moved up from San Diego, mm-hmm. is what the San Diego? Are we talking ABA or no? We're, we got NBA. This is a, this is NBA. NBA yeah, yeah. They didn't come over in the merger. They came up through the Buffalo San Diego pipeline. If you're a, a fan of Los Angeles basketball in the 80s, like I really want to like I, I got to look into more of this because I do feel like this is a fun rabbit hole to go down, but. Who's picking a Clippers team with Ken Norman over a Lakers team with Magic and Kareem? You're asking logical questions, and it's just— I want to know. I, I want to know, too. <laughs> like, we need to go out to L.A., and after the game, you know how they do, like, the, the sidewalk talk in New York with the Knicks fans? Like, yeah. how did you become a Clipper fan, and why? Why? When you had the purple and gold essentially dominating the sport for decades? Yeah, especially when you had a guy like Donald Sterling being the owner. You had Donald Sterling on one side. You got uh, Dr. Buss yeah, Dr. on the Buss, other. Yeah. Like, this doesn't seem like a fun franchise. No, not at all. Not at all. It's stupid. It's I, hope they fail, I hope they fail miserably. Well, their track record recently was I know, and I kind of feel bad coming. for Paul George. 
I don't. Okay. I, I don't. That's it. You, After all the hoopla he and Kawhi were talking when they initially signed, I don't feel bad. For all right, because I don't feel bad for Harden. I don't feel bad for Westbrook. I don't feel bad for Kawhi Leonard. Leonard got his ring. Yeah. Westbrook's gotten paid 10 times more than he should have ever gotten paid. <laughs> James Harden's bitched and whined his way out of a couple Correct. different scenarios. Like, I want Teron Liu to succeed, mm-hmm. but he's already got a ring. So at this point, he's I'm prob- not. He's probably looking around like, man, what the hell did I sign up for? If you take Teron Liu and you parachute him into another team, oh god, who? Where do we want him to go? Where do I, I want T. Lou to get his hands on like a young team that he can really build. Who's coaching the Thunder right now? I don't know his name. I don't know his name. That is a great question. The head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Mark Deneau. Okay, Mark Deneau. Let's say, you know what? That'd be a he's great been, fit for him. Yeah, but, but he's, been a pre, he's been a pretty good. That's what I'm yeah. saying, but, they, but, but they've been. They've been gooder to him. They've been good. Did so, I pronounce it Deneau right? D-A-I-G-N-E-A-U-L-T. That sounds Deneau. correct. That, 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 I think it's Deneau. That sounds correct. It's French. But it doesn't seem like the Houston job's going to be available. Like those type of teams. I want him to no, build No, Udoka's is probably coach of the year. He's done a great job, man. He, he's off to... A great start, and I think, you know, those veteran signings are starting to show themselves, right? Fred Van Fleet, say what you want about Dylan Brooks. He's one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, he yes. he absolutely oh, yes. is that, so you have to give him that. So you infuse those guys and attach them to talented guys already in Jalen Green and Shingoon and Jabari Smith. They're on their way. You can see the vision of what they're trying to build for sure. Yeah, and the Rockets are playing pretty good complementary basketball as well. So, no, I, I think Ima Udoka right now, if I'm going to give a coach of the year, it's probably it. But uh, it doesn't make the decision by the Celtics any more or less weird. Yeah. But Joe Mazzulla's, I think, acquitted himself very nicely yes. with Boston. So, mm-hmm. you know, but that'll be one of the more fun, like, looking back on in five years with whatever he's able to do, whatever Udoka is able to do with Houston. Was it like, was that the time? Because you think maybe there's a chance. Had he, had, had Udoka been there with the Celtics, they struggle less. Yeah, you know, in the last sure. at least last season or the 2022-2023 season. There's more immediate pressure right now, I think, on Missoula. Just oh yeah, the way for sure. Ro- oh for sure. You know, with the way the just roster's way the ro- constructed. Yeah, the- but I think Ime, without the whole scandal with Nia Long and his wife and, and all of that, man, like I, God, I, he was married to Nia Long. He really was, and just fumbled the bag, bro. Like, really? so they're not married anymore. Oh, it's a wrap. She's okay. good. You see that sit-down interview she did with Young Jeezy? And no, young what? Jeezy. What? What's Young Jeezy doing interviewing <laughs> yeah. people? Well, I'll tell you what he was doing. He was getting his dirty Mac. Ah, uh, okay. Exactly what the man okay. Was doing. He was dirty Mac. Because you know, Young Jeezy currently is going through a divorce with his wife that I believe is on the View. So they what? they they have been separating currently, and then we know Nia Long and Ime Udoka have been separated. So you had two people that are what? getting one's either out or getting out of a relationship, and one's been out. So you first know, off, it's just Jeezy now. You can't call okay, him my bad. Jeezy. He's just Jeezy. Yeah, yeah, getting bored. Just Jeezy. My bad. Jeezy the Snowman. But yeah, you, you got to sit down and watch Jeezy do some dirty macking at its finest. Yep, dirty macking one on one. They divorced back in September. Ime and Nia did? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, Jeezy uh, and his wife. Jeezy and Janine Mai. Yeah. May. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she is. Yeah, Daytime Emmy for The Real. The Real. I'm sorry. The Real. That's the show. There you go. I have so many questions. Mm-hmm.
Okay, we'll have to save uh, some Clippers discussion and then daytime television questions for our next episode. I'm Eric Reeser. That's Maddie Ice Hayes. This is Very Cavalier. Promise more Cavs talk in a later episode. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to.